Welcome to episode 26 of the MLS Net Boys Show. My name is Jacob, and I'm joined by... My name is Chase, and that was a long sip of That was a slurp right there. <laughs> <laughs> kind of prolonged that one a little bit. Oh, man. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's, uh... We, we took a little bit of a break. Week. We both had a very busy week, and some time away it was tough i think we said this last time we took a break it's tough when it's like your third job basically that you don't get paid for (laughs) but it's always fun doing this it's always a bummer when we can't make it work out and find a time in the week but here we are we're back again yet another timbers disappointing performance in the books uh we won't be talking about that today but i just wanted to mention it very briefly um Timbers today, literally an hour before this, just got demolished by Sporting KC. Houston. Why am I thinking Sporting KC? Oh, they demolished us earlier this season. Beat by them. I was looking at the schedule for the games that we were going to predict later, and I said Sporting KC. Yeah, there was. This was the return of a regular. I was going to say league action, but that's just too confusing since we just had League's Cup. But the MLS regular season is back. Back with a bang. A lot of interesting scorelines. But first, we're going to talk about League's Cup, review kind of what went down in this crazy last couple days, and also give our opinion on what was a high and a low for for each of us for League's Cup. All right. I say... I'm going to throw this at you. We didn't even talk about this beforehand. Obviously, I say we just... Let's go through. Let's cover the final. Biggest news of League's Cup. Miami wins it. It goes down to the wire against a solid Nashville team. And then it goes to penalties and it goes absolutely down to the wire, down to the goalies. And well, what's his name? Panico? Yeah, the dude with the Petrcheck uh, helmet. helmet. Backup goalkeeper filling in for Joe Willis. Joe Willis is fit for this game. But Gary Smith gives the game to Panico. Plays pretty admirably throughout the game, but ultimately misses the winning or the the tying penalty to to keep the penalty shootout going. And uh, it seemed like the storyline was complete with Miami winning it and all the uh, controversy that goes along with that. Man, yeah, Nashville played their hearts out. I mean, everything's going to be about Miami, rightfully so, about Messi. The last, like, 600 MLS posts on Instagram are about <laughs> Messi and how humble he is because he let DeAndre Yedlin lift the trophy with him or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we aren't seeing that kind of coverage of Sam Surridge. I want to see I want to see an Apple TV commercial of Sam Surridge <laughs> walking what? down the tunnel with all his different kits on. Or Kai Kamara. <laughs> Dude, that would be a long commercial. <laughs> Man's played for, like, half the league. Going off of experience of losing a cup final at home, it's going <laughs> to stick with you for a long time. At first, when that happened, I was like, oh, man, at least it was like a good game, you know, played it like it was entertaining, like there was some fight. But the longer it's going to brew, that's going to sting, especially since so many people were watching that. So many eyes were on it. A lot of people probably didn't even know who Nashville was or any of their players before they watched that game. Now they know. 
It was a Dax McCarty versus Sergio Busquets battle in the midfield. That's what I saw on Twitter. Dude, you know what actually was kind of like emblematic of this whole like tournament to see was that messy goal in the final. He like skirts around Dax McCarty and then or he does the, he skirts around like Walker Zimmerman, like rides a tackle and then just whips the shot around Dax McCarty to score on a 26-year-old backup MLS goalkeeper. <laughs> and that was one of those ones too. I mean, he had a lot of space at first, but they closed him down well. It was just Dude, it it was so weird. So I was watching that game with my girlfriend, and literally up to that moment, I was thinking, and I was just about to say it to her. I was just about to say, like, I haven't really seen Messi much this game, which is exactly, like, what he does. He's done his whole career. Like, he just kind of makes you, like, forget he's there, and then all of a sudden he pops up and just, like, slaloms around some guys and then just smashes a shot into the back of the net. So Inter-Miami wins their first major trophy, and qualifies well they were already qualified since they made the final to the champions league try not to be confused with all of this for next season nashville also goes to the champions league so still impressive good good for them but then the next and final champions league spot from leagues cup came down to the third place game did you check that one out i did not watch it i saw i saw like the beginning of it i saw um Bueno scored like the first goal pretty early for uh, Philadelphia, but a little weird because I'm I forget exactly how it all works out. But Philadelphia is kind of already guaranteed like a Champions League spot next year, almost almost guaranteed, even without winning this game. Same with Monterey. So little interesting. Both these teams are playing. Like if Monterey had won, then that game, that spot would have like slid down to like Leon because it was based off like their last season's performance. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that was a Philadelphia three nil win over Monterey. Um, and then I believe the case for Philly is I think that, so they've wrapped up that champions league spot, but with the Champions League being expanded, I think it goes to like top four and supporter shield now or something. They change the rules every year. It's but it's looking like Philly will be in that top four spot. So then it's gonna slide down to another MLS team. Which I saw. There's gonna be nine MLS teams in the Champions League this year. Or well this upcoming year. Only for us to have two teams make it to the semifinals and then play against each other and then have our hearts broken in the final. Timbers. Anyways, I wanted to ask you, going back to our last podcast, before we kind of go over the highs and lows of the whole competition, what are a few things that have stuck with you um, that have been the most interesting thing that have happened from some of those games since our last podcast? I got a couple things that I can think of. For League's Cup in for general? League, for League's Cup, yeah. I think the straight to penalties is an interesting dynamic. When this was all happening, I kind of assumed once the knockouts started that this would be, you know, like regular um, extra time and then penalty kicks. But, no, that continued all the way to the final. Yeah. Which I don't – I won't say I hated it, honestly. I wouldn't have preferred it, but it, it made it pretty exciting, honestly. I personally like it. I I like the fact that like the game ends and like cause it kind of encourages teams to like throw everything at it like in the first ninety minutes. You don't see like coaches like saving substitutions. You don't see anything like that. Um, my only change I would want for that is 
old school MLS penalties. Like guys still have some legs under them. It hasn't been 120 minutes. You just set them back at the 30 or 40 yard line or whatever it is, and you have them run at the keeper one on one, so you can slot it away. But aside from that, one thing I that kind of stuck with me from like the previous couple weeks of games is the Philadelphia versus New York Red Bulls. Jim Curtin after the game in the press conference. You know what I'm talking about? When he called out those Red Bulls. I I loved this, dude. It's like I feel like he just symbolizes like all of Philadelphia and like their fan base. Like he had already won the game, but he just he proceeds to go in his press conference and like call out like Red Bulls players who were on the bench and say like you probably shouldn't be talking if you haven't beaten us in 11 games or something, which spans like almost four years, I think. It's like three and a half years of games against Philadelphia. That's pretty That's pretty funny. One kind of like that for me was this isn't like a specific moment. This just happened all over the tournament. But whenever a Liga MX team beat an MLS team or knocked them out especially, if you looked at the, the MLS team's Twitter account, all of their replies were just just people like putting memes in Spanish just dogging on the MLS teams and it was really frustrating when you were on the opposite end of that when your team lost but I can respect a good troll job honestly (laughs) you know what I loved is my TikTok feed being flooded like going into the semifinals or even the round before that of like people making these memes of like the I, I never watched the movie but the Avengers like Endgame and they would put like that picture of like Captain America by himself and they put like like Monterey's like badge over it and then just have like it would have like all the MLS clubs that were left and then like the VAR and like the ref like <laughs> basically like saying it was like them like fighting against the world I thought that was pretty funny to see and then to watch them like get knocked out of the competition was even that much sweeter as well yeah there was definitely some Liga MX villain teams for me you know what I think it's only fitting too that like a Nashville knocked out like the clear favorites out of Liga MX. Like Monterey got knocked out by Nashville. Just a Nashville is the most MLS team you can think of. Dude. That's a freaking salty dog team. If I've ever seen one, dude, their whole team is just MLS veterans with Haney Mukhtar up top. They just, they sit back and defend so well. And then they, yeah, they just smack the ball up to like Haney Mukhtar. And now they have Sam Surridge just making the runs up the field with them. But I I loved seeing that result happen. That was, that was really made me happy when I checked my phone and saw that. That was one of the most unexpected results of the whole tournament, honestly. And it seemed like it just killed the whole storyline. Like everybody was hyping up Miami and like Monterey. So you thought these two teams are going to come together in the final. It's going to be this huge clash showcasing like, Messi's Miami versus the best team from Mexico and it's going to be this huge media cell that's going to be hosted in Miami it's going to be everything that MLS could have wanted from this competition and then Nashville just rained on the parade and they got to host the game and you got to have Gary Smith who's been coaching them since they were in USL which is crazy the the old Englishman he's English right yep old Englishman has dragged this team from nothing into something. Love it. Love to see it. So what was like, you talked about kind of your high, what was like a low for you? A low from this? 
Oh man. Um, I would say like some of the teams that didn't perform how we w- would have wished they would have. Like for me, like a St. Louis, I would have loved to see perform a lot better. Like really take it to some of the teams they played. Um, I'm glad they didn't, but like a San Jose, I would have loved to see a San Jose make it into the knockout rounds. Um, I think just some of those teams that didn't really show as well as we wish they would have, like Cincinnati getting knocked out as early as they did. I would have liked to see them put a little bit of a deeper run in. What about you? Tigris. (laughs) Or no. Monterey knocked out Portland. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) For me, I'm going Club America fans. Not the players. I don't really care less about the players. They don't really bug me. But, man, they are, like, some of the most arrogant fans. Like, like picture, like, LAFC in Atlanta, but just <laughs> times 10 because they're that much bigger. And Are man, you talking specifically about the Chicago game? That game, the it was pretty much any game where anything bad happened, except for the Columbus game, weirdly enough. That was, like... Where they got beat? Or they beat Columbus, right? No, uh, Columbus, like, 4-1 them or something. But the fans there were like super like awesome I, and i was reading online they were like some of the most polite away fans columbus has had but like the nashville game for example i think after the game ended when nashville beat him on pens like it was funny because gary smith was just loving it and taunting him but yeah beer cup showers and projectiles getting thrown I mean, there was, like, 20 fans who, like, rushed the field and got, like, cited. To be fair, they thought they won the game. But, <laughs> man, I love seeing Club was, America get knocked out. That was crazy. So, that's the day that was happening. So, I coached high school soccer, and one of the kids showed up to our practice, and he was wearing, like, a Club America jersey. And uh, I asked him, I was like, oh, like, what's going on with that game? And he's like, well, I thought we won, but apparently, like, they they took it from us like they didn't let us have the penalty like he was just checking the score on his phone and he was just seeing what was like being said online so he was like pretty like upset about it i could tell but it happened for a reason i don't think they were necessarily wrong about it um but yeah the the fans were a little bit wild from uh club america as well yeah that would be like a rough way to lose a game honestly it was the a right 99th call. minute equalizer to send you the penalties <laughs> After you thought you had won it with a 95th like minute like penalty to go ahead and then only to have it tied up in the 99th minute, go to penalties, final round, and you think you've won it, and then they call it back, and then you end up losing. Club America fans, you are the biggest losers. <laughs> Tonight's punishment for our biggest loser. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. What about your your biggest high from the competition? Do you have any any other highlights you would want to talk about? I'm not even going to talk about Messi. Everybody else has done <laughs> enough of that. I think, I th- like we were talking about, I think Nashville takes it. I mean, especially if they would have beat Miami, they would have, like, won a lot of hearts. It was a really awesome display. They played great. Quartero had a good story too. They were the biggest Liga MX surprise team, but I think Nashville just for especially for beating Monterey was really impressive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's overall, I mean, it was a really fun tournament. I hope it's something that isn't like a 
you know, just how MLS seems to do these one-off, one-off. things and then never happens again. Um, I hope it happens every year from now on or every other year. Um, you know, it might lose its sense of importance if it's every year, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fun tournament. kind of increases the rivalry between the leagues, but overall, great experience. Nine out of ten. I agree. I'd, I'd give it like an 8.5. I'd be curious next year to see too, without the buzz of like Messi just coming into the league, like how different the coverage would be, because so much of the coverage was just focused on Miami and Messi, but there was so many other like really beautiful storylines around the league, like um, like you mentioned, like Carretero had like a really amazing storyline. I believe they played it was like Pumas or something that they beat, like. Uh, I don't, I don't remember the whole storyline exactly, but they're linked with another Mexican club they'd played, and essentially, like, their owner is just selling all their best players off to that other team. So they're just basically, like, the B team, and they ended up beating them. Um, but there's just... I mean, there's a lot of cool storylines that happened that were just overlooked because um, Messi showed up, which is, you know, hard to overlook when you have the greatest player of all time joining your league right when this competition is taking off. Yeah, that's one thing to point out is because of that, uh, other than the Miami games, there was, up until the later stages of the competition, there was a lot of empty seats in certain, in a lot of games, and the buzz wasn't there, it felt like, in certain cities and stuff. But you're right, I want to see how it looks like next year without any messy coverage, or at least like it was this year. Honestly, they probably won't stop if, Messi plays the way he does but I've seen tweets and stuff online I think it was like Will Forbes an MLS analyst was talking about how this league's cup was already like bigger than any MLS cup in history and a lot of people are like okay but it's just because of Messi it's not like league's cup is a more exciting tournament than MLS cup um I don't know I think each has its spot yeah yeah and I think going back to kind of what you're saying about like a lot of empty seats it's kind of interesting because they wanted to accomplish like the feeling of it being played in like a neutral ground. And I think that was accomplished in a lot of games where it was like a Liga MX team versus like an MLS team. Cause there was a pretty good split between fans in the stadiums. Also any Miami away game. Like I, I love that Messi's here and I love that so many people are excited about it, but I hate seeing Miami go to an away game and then the whole stadium just chanting Messi. It's like, it's just, it's kind of disappointing. Like, I think we, I don't know if we talked about it on the last one, but the Dallas game, like the prices rose so much that both their supporters groups weren't able to go. And it was really evident, like later in that game, you just hear people just chanting Messi and it's supposed to be a home game for Dallas. One thing that was really cool was Philadelphia put their tickets on sale to the supporters group first so that they ensured they would get a tickets to the game to see Messi and stuff. I will say that's the one game I watched where it didn't seem like it was like a crowd that was like majority of Miami air quotes around fans. But yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of people in Philly that didn't care who Messi was. Which honestly, I think that shows more growth than just Messi selling out stadiums he's going to sell out stadiums no matter what but if each team has their fan base show out and not just cave to the bandwagon I think that's bigger growth for the league in general yeah I, I would agree I would agree 
Anyways, moving on. I say we... You have anything else you want to touch on before we move on from that? Nope. Jacob had the idea that we should do... We should revisit our little game we play of Who Am I? And we're going to kind of keep with the League's Cup theme. We're going to go solely with players that have played in both MLS and League MX. So players that have had a connection between both leagues. Um, Instead of doing like our own clues, I think we're just going to try and go through career path. And then, you know, if we can't get it from there, we maybe talk about silverware, what year they entered the league, uh, so on and so forth. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I got a pretty easy one for you first. Same with me. I could softball it for you. Let me start. So I got this player. I already know you're going to know him immediately as I go down his career path. So he starts with the Chivas USA Academy. Breaks into the Chivas USA first team. Jorge Villafania. Yep. (laughs) Actually. Yep. (laughs) Signed to Portland. Sent to Santos Laguna. Signed back to Portland. Sent to Los Angeles Galaxy. Currently without a club. Really? Did the Galaxy cut him? I believe so. He's currently without a club now. Wow. Kind of regressed then, huh? Yeah, he's had a lot of uh, knee injuries. I think he... I think they may have released him because he's currently out rehabilitating his knee. So it might be kind of similar to like an Eddie Segura with LAFC. Like he was technically without a club, but he just went back to them anyways, so... Right. Well, that's one for one. I didn't even get through his, <laughs> to a second team. I didn't even tell you what team he played for in MLS before you guessed it. Do you have any more Timbers players? By chance? No. Okay. I was gonna I was gonna do him, but I thought any Timbers player would be too obvious. I that's was gonna do I, Felipe Mora. But. That's why I was gonna. I I thought him or Brian Fernandez, but I was like, all these guys are pretty easy. So I was like, let me ease into it. I'll give him a softball to start. This one, I think, is a softball, personally. So, I'll start you off. From New York Red Bulls to Villarreal in La Liga to, on loan, another La Liga. Well, I don't think they were in La Liga. It's a Spanish team called Zeres. Then to Hull City on loan. Then to Bursapur in the Turkish Premier League. Or they're not the Premier League, just the Turkish League. <laughs> then AZ Alkmaar in the Eredivisie. Then Sunderland. Then Toronto FC. Then New England Revolution. Josie Altador. Then Puebla and Liga Max on loan. Josie Altador. I was going to say, once you started naming the Turkish clubs, I was like, this has <clears throat> got to be Josie. Did he, did he ever play for... I thought he played for Sunderland for some reason at one point in his career. He did. No, I meant, I said Sunderland right Oh, they before. said Whole City. Whole City as well. Ah. Maybe scored I... one goal at each of those <laughs> spots. That's a great, great career. All right, moving on. I have this player started at Pumas, transferred to Atalante, transferred to LA Galaxy, back to Atalante, Back to LA Galaxy, then to Cruz Azul, then to Pumas, then to Chicago Fire, <laughs> then back to Pumas, then to Tigres, 
then to Atalante, then to Pumas, <laughs> then to Puebla FC, and then retired. Dude, did he play like four of those teams were just back to back or <laughs> the same club he was he had previously been on. Just bouncing back and forth between them. That is nuts. Oh man. And the Galaxy was in Chicago? Yep. So he played for Galaxy twice and he played for Chicago. You need another hint? I could use another hint. So this is like a throwback MLS player. This is like way back around the inception of the league, but an iconic oh. like Mexican player. Higuita? That, the no, goalkeeper? Not Higuita. This guy was a goalkeeper. But he also played striker. <laughs> he was famous for going on runs and stuff, right? During his time at LA Galaxy, they would sub out they would sub a goalkeeper in, but while they would have him change his jersey and shorts and play forward, so he never actually came off the field. That's crazy. Is his name Sanchez? Nope. You got me. I give up. Jorge Campos. Oh, man. This guy was one of the most exciting players to watch. I was watching highlights of him the other day, actually. Dude, with, I think he ended his career with, like, I don't know how many goals he scored. But I think it, I think during his time in MLS, he scored, like, double-digit goals. Like, I want to say around it. 20 to 40 mark. That is crazy. I You love seeing a goalkeeper, like that Toluca goalkeeper who takes yeah. pens. And he was, like, fun when he'd get up the field. Like, he would be doing, like, rainbow flicks over people, like, into the opposing box. And then, like... He has a really famous clip where he rainbow flicked over a defender and then slotted the ball across for somebody to finish. He reminds me, because, yeah, I've seen, like, montages of him randomly on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. He's like a pro club's character. Like, yeah. when you just play goalkeeper, even though you're defaulted as a striker and you're just bombing past players. I knew he played for the Galaxy, but not Chicago. Well done. Yeah, he's a... He was a fun one. I love I love looking at his transfer mark because it says main position goalkeeper, other position center forward. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he's probably one of my favorite players. Just a different era of MLS that was so unique but fun to watch. That's right. How many? Right. Do you have four total? Yeah, I got two. I got two more guys after this. Okay. Next up, started. At Steve Biko Football Club. <laughs> oh, man. Went to Austin Aztecs. Went to Vancouver Whitecaps. Columbus Crew. Pachuca. St. Gallen. FC Cincinnati. Oh, man. New England Revolution. Austin FC. San Antonio FC. Pacific FC. Oh, my gosh. So, just a journeyman. Okay. So, he's played recently in the league, then, if he's played for Austin and St. Louis, or uh, Cincinnati. This is tough. I might need a hint. I might need, like, what position? An electric winger. Winger. Oh, man. Is it a Mexican player or American? 
Well, what 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 team in Liga MX did he play for again? Pachuca. Pachuca. A winger, and he's played for New England. He, he played at Cincinnati. He's currently at Pacific FC. The Canadian Premier League. Pacific FC. Is it Kakutamane? It is Kakutamane. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Dude, He's this is his 11th club, and he's 28 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's Not even crazy. 30. The only reason I got that is because I knew Vancouver, and I remember him being at Cincinnati. And I think you used him for a Who Am I once before, actually. I did. I, that was going to be my hint because... We joked about how every time an expansion club comes in a league, they have to pick Kakuna Mane <laughs> for like at least a year. He had so much potential, dude. That guy was a fun player. All right. Next up, this player started at Cruz Azul. They went to Puebla FC. They went back to Cruz Azul. They went to CD Aguila. They went to the San Diego Gauchos. They went to the Soccers. I think it's another San Diego team. Then they went to LA Galaxy. They then went to Colorado Rapids. They then went to Kansas City Wizards. That's a little bit of an extra hint for you. So it's old. They then went to Puebla FC. Then Pachuca. Then Tecos. Then Santos Laguna. <laughs> Dude, this is a long career path. This guy played for 30 years. <laughs> then uh, Tijuana. Then Tigres. Then Tijuana. Then Puebla. Then Tijuana. <laughs> what is with these guys in the 90s and MLS just... this? And then Toronto. And then Seattle. <laughs> and you know who this person is. I know for a, for a fact you know who this person is. This is unbelievable. His last was to Seattle. Seattle. He retired from Seattle. Man, you really are killing me on this. <laughs> Dude, that's a long career path. How many teams is that? <laughs> Can I get a year he retired? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a better hint. So he played for Toronto in, t- in 2016 and then went to Seattle in 2017. So he played for Toronto oh. when they lost to Seattle in the final. Then they played. he played for Seattle when they lost to Toronto in the final. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> is it Hercules Gomez? It is. What the heck is his problem? How that is he... a, <laughs> a long career path. He started in 2000, retired in 2017, and managed to play for like 20 teams. But more than a team a year is nuts. I hate that guy's takes on his podcast so i love seeing the fact that his last two like teams he played for like he played for toronto lost to seattle and then played for seattle and lost to toronto that's That's unbelievable hilarious to me yeah he kind of reminds me of a wannabe taylor twoman yeah exactly anyways that leaves me the one guy left that i don't think you'll be able to guess but hit me with yours. I will hit you with yours, with mine. So, I have got my third hardest. All right. Started at LA Galaxy. 
went to FC Nuremberg on loan, Bundesliga club, then Pachuca, then Atlas, then Toronto FC, then New England Revolution. Okay, so he was at Atlas before Toronto? Correct. Can you run me through it one more time? Sorry. Whole thing? Uh, I yeah. can. Yeah, this doesn't, it wasn't too long. LA Galaxy, FC Nuremberg, Pachuca, Atlas, Toronto FC, New England Revolution. Is it Emmanuel Boateng? <laughs> Great guess, but no. <laughs> Dang it. New England, LA Galaxy link right there. Yeah. Hmm. What uh? What position is he playing? Center back. Center back. Omar Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. There was no hesitation in that. <laughs> Man won the league with uh. He won the league with both LA Galaxy and then was it Santos Laguna? Is that on his career path? There was Pachuca. Pachuca. Yeah, he won the league with Pachuca and Liga MX. Interesting was his loan to in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I didn't know that. He got loaned there after he won his first, not his first, but he won MLS Cup. And I think he got MLS Cup MVP, got loaned to the Bundesliga in February, and literally in his first training session, he tore like a ligament in his knee after he collided with Timothy Chandler, the former USA fullback and he just got hurt and injured missed a lot of time came back to the galaxy I remember when uh he was like coming back into the league I kind of I wanted Timbers to pick him up I thought he would have been a solid just like Nat Borchers-esque signing then he kind of ended up being terrible yeah I'm glad we didn't but I wanted them to pick him up at the time all right, on the fly, I decided to change my player uh, because the other player I had pulled up, I <laughs> it was just a random like last minute grab, and I knew you weren't gonna pick. I knew you weren't gonna guess him, but I have no clue who it was. It was uh, Carlos Hermosillo. Not a chance. Yeah, not so a chance I, at all. So I went with another player that I think you'll be able to guess, but I think it'll it'll be tough for you. So this player started their career at Corinthians. They then went to Cormi FC. They then went to Guiangyam FC. Who is it? You can run through it first, but I know it. They then were without a club. They then went to Vancouver FC. They then went to Queretaro. They then went to Tijuana. They then were without a club then Mazatlan, then Toluca, and now back at Queretaro. It is Camilo, winner of the 2013 MLS Goal of the Year, I think. Against Timbers, Timbers. remember that scissor kick? Crazy flying scissor kick. That little Brazilian winger. I know that one because I was looking at him too for this game. (laughs) I didn't end up using him, but... No, that guy was like an electric player in the league. It's cool that he's carved out a solid career for I mean, he's been he's been out of the league like 10 years now at this point. It's kind of crazy. That is crazy to think about. He's been out of the league as long as Dyrone Espria has been in it. 
That's how I'm, that's what I've been using that as a new measurement of time lately. How long Dyron Esprit has been with the Timbers. <laughs> Not even for soccer, just in life. Yeah, just in life. You know, somebody asking me like, oh, when did that happen? Oh, uh, about the time Dyron Esprit had joined the Timbers. <laughs> that halfway since Esprit has been in the league. Um, you know, about, about the same time Esprit scored the banger against Toronto in playoffs. I don't give them, or against Dallas in playoffs, and I don't give them like a time. I just, like a year or anything, I just say that. All right, I, pull, I pulled up one more so I can give you a little bit more of a challenge. Sounds good. I got my last one. I have a bonus one, too, as well we can do maybe. But this player started off with the LA Galaxy, then went to Chicago Fire, then went to PSV, then Man City on loan, then Rangers, then Hanover 96, and then Puebla, the Liga MX team, and then Houston Dynamo. Oh, man. So Galaxy to Chicago, Chicago Fire to PSV. Correct. And then Lone to Man City. Yep. Oh, man. I feel like I know who this is, but I don't. Need a hint? Yeah, give me a hint. I'll give you two. First one isn't really a hint. It's just funny to me. He was brought in to be the successor to Ian Robin at PSV, who departed for Chelsea. So he's a winger. He's a winger. Okay. Next, he has played in four World Cups. Oh, man. So it's a winger from a long time ago. If you're thinking Aryan Robin leaving PSV, that started at Galaxy. That was where he started his career. Started his career at Galaxy. Went to Chicago and then went off to... <laughs> PSV. PSV. And then loaned to Man City back when Man City wasn't as good as they are now. Then Man City, Rangers, Hanover 96, Puebla, Houston. Oh, I am... I'm at a loss here. Winger is kind of a trick question because he kind of shifted that towards the latter stages. Played more centrally towards the end, I'm guessing. Played as a left back. Ooh, as a left back. I can give one more hint, but I think it'll give it away. Hit me with it. Most U.S. men's national team World Cup appearances. Most? World Cup appearances. I would have thought that would have been like a goalkeeper or like Clint Dempsey because I know Clint Dempsey was around for a while or Demarcus Beasley, but I don't. Demarcus Beasley didn't go to Europe. He played for Houston. Demarcus Beasley is correct. No way. Yep. What? Yeah, he played PSV, Man City, Rangers, Hanover '96, um, then Puebla for four seasons. It looks like. And ended, weirdly, Houston was the most tenured team he was at in his career. I was going to say, he was at Houston forever. So that's why it's weird to me that he did all that before he went to Houston. I think it was, remember the 02, I mean, we don't remember it, but the 2002 World Cup when the U.S. went to the quarters and him and Landon Donovan tore it up. They that were makes, really young. That makes sense because him and Landon Donovan were like good friends. 
Like they played together growing up, so that that makes sense that he came through at LA Galaxy then. Yeah, 56 appearances, 10 goals at PSV, 18 appearances at Man City, 30 at Rangers. Solid. Dang. Good for him. Good for him. I, I miss that guy in the league. I wish... What a just easy guy to root I for. I wish Graham Zussi would have retired instead of DeMarcus Beasley. <laughs> Graham Zussi fans just <laughs> shot out of nowhere. <laughs> I miss that era of like... Demarcus Beasley, Graham Zusi, Matt Beasler, Matt Beasler, Kyle Beckerman, like those guys running the league. That was a fun, fun era. Of we MLS. we joke up, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you could transport me back in time and I had the option of Messi in the league then, or <laughs> those guys in the league now, man, that's a different time period. Like, remember, RSL was good back then because they had Kyle Beckerman. Nick Ramondo. Nick Ramondo. Like, they were they were a scary team to come against, and then they were just dead for a while, and now they're kind of revi- like reviving themselves. But They played that 4-4-2 with a diamond <laughs> midfield, and they had, remember Alvaro Saborio, that striker who was that Costa Rican dude, and yeah. he was just bagging goals for fun. Who was the other guy they used to have up top? <sighs> Robbie Finley, a little <laughs> short dude. I remember him, yeah. No, there was another big, tall striker they had. Oh, I can't remember um, his name. He was a because he was there even like recently, but I think he's like a USL guy now. Kevin Grossman, that <laughs> giant guy with the mustache. No, it wasn't him. But I, it was him. Remember that season where Portland could not beat RSL to save their life? It was like the I first season Portland was good. It's like 2014, and the whole. You know, like how the Timbers Army only does the Tetris chant, like at the end of the game if they win. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the game where, like, they made that rule because Portland was up three-two. It's like the first time they beat were beating RSL, which they eventually lost to in the playoffs and U.S. Open Cup. Portland's up three-two, and then that Kevin Grossman guy scores <laughs> just like a tap in in like the ninety-six minute, kills the Timbers Army Tetris chant and just scarred a lot of people for life oh, man you hate to see it you hate to see it all right i got one last guy for you and i think you'll still be able to guess this guy as well but i'm gonna go for it anyways this guy started at nacional went to juventud spelled like juventus but with a d at the end <laughs> I thought you just like slurred your words there. Uh, went back to Nacional. Uh, <laughs> went to CA Phoenix. Went back to Nacional. Are you kidding me? Went back to CA Phoenix. Are these loans or? One of them was. And <laughs> then went back to, and then went to uh, Pinaral. And I then went team. to Puebla FC. Then went back to Pinarol, then went to Puebla again, and then went to Vancouver Whitecaps. That is so random. And then transferred to Tijuana. Oh. I think you you would know this guy. Uh, I know the guy, but I can't think of the name. He's the Canadian striker I'm thinking of. Oh, he is my. Canadian. He didn't really light up the league. They paid a lot of money for him, Vancouver. He was pretty mid. 
Oh, man. I know who it is. He's got, like, the sideburns that are pretty long on his face, like, into his beard. He, I remember him just scoring, like, a banger header in during COVID when their home stadium was in R- for RSL. Oh, jeez. I'm trying to think of any other hints I can give you because you kind of, like, guessed all the ones. He's left-footed. <laughs> There's another hint for you. He uh, joined Tijuana this year. So that he's in, on Vancouver last year or then, right? Yep. He joined Tijuana in February. Yeah. I remember he was supposed to be like that guy, like a Rui Diaz type of guy for Vancouver, but definitely he was at, wasn't. He joined Vancouver in 2020, so he was there for three years. Man, I know who it is, but I can't think of him. That Canadian striker. Lucas Cavallini. Oh, man. So is he like so his, Uruguayan? Uh, dad is Argentinian. His mother is Canadian. But he started his career in Uruguay. That's so random. Good job, dude. You stumped me on almost all <laughs> of them. I picked some tough for, ones for you. I got one more just for fun. All right. It, it should be a short one. So started at Bayer Leverkusen 2, <laughs> then went to Bayer Leverkusen, then went on loan to San Jose Earthquakes. <laughs> Bayer Leverkusen. <laughs> <laughs> and then LA Galaxy. And then he went to Bayern Munich, then Everton, and then back to LA Galaxy, and then Club Leon. Oh, LD, then- the legend... 90 plus one in the 2010 World Cup against Algeria, Landon Donovan. Who retired with the San Diego Soccers. <laughs> I think he coaches there still. I just checked, apparent because that's what I thought too. Apparently he last coached in 2022. Maybe he's freeing up so he can coach the MLS team that's going to be down there. You, th- you think? I think he's due for an MLS job. I think really? that's his next step. I don't think he's necessarily proven himself, but it's kind of similar to like Frank Lampard and the Prim. Like that guy didn't really do much. You know, he just had a Derby team where he got loaned all of like Chelsea's youngsters and then almost got promoted. Yeah, if he can do that, I don't see why Donovan can. Who actually has some experience. Weirdly enough, I was in Denver, Colorado, when he had his literal first somewhat professional coaching experience it was like back then when they did the all-star game they would also do like a mls like homegrown game thing do you remember that oh yeah yeah they would do like a homegrown i don't even know how it was formatted it was weird because it was tied in with adidas and they would do they it was super it was a weird competition i remember i know what you're talking about he was coach of that the year after he retired i was at that all-star game weird also weirdly enough since then landon donovan is a strategic advisor working for the board at lincoln city the english club i think in league one this is actually our buddy ryan's like his grandma's local team who is like lives very close to which is funny because he just trashes landon donovan every chance he gets because of that (laughs) the one the one u.s (laughs) former player who's like that's unbelievable 
<laughs> That's really funny. Of all the random League One teams, <laughs> and, and these guys didn't even – it's not like they're, like, solidly here. They, like, somewhat recently made it here, I yeah, believe. Yeah, it's like Landon Donovan and then Bobby McDingleshire. Like, <laughs> just some w- weird buck tooth dude <laughs> who played in the championship or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan's gonna hate that one. <laughs> Poor Ryan. Ryan's the. You know what's sad? He's our most loyal fan. Who's like <laughs> one of our friends, and he's the only person we seem to diss on here. I didn't even mean that as a diss. I thought it was kind of an interesting fact. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I was, I was more so just dissing like lower England. level English soccer and the <laughs> the people they'd have as associates. Oh man. Anyways, shall we do predictions we before should, this gets out of hand? Yeah, we should wrap this up. We got a few predictions here for this next week's game since we're filming this on <coughs> Sunday the 20th and there's a round of games that are happening right now, but it's kind of uneven with the finish of uh League's Cup. So, what's uh what's our first game we got? We have got New York Red Bulls hosting Inter Miami. Messi's first regular season game. I think we're both going with the same kind of result here. I think Miami is going to win. I'm going 4-0 Miami. Respect. I'm going 2-0 Miami. Same thing. I just don't think it'll be a, that much of a bloodbath. Let's point out, too, beforehand, point total for the season right now, I'm at 44 points. Chase is at 41. <laughs> he is clawing his way back, making me nervous. I think I had a nine-point lead on him, but... We're doing three points for a correct result and win, and and then one point for just the result right, but not the score. So three points for the score and result, one point for just the result. Last week, I got all of mine wrong. Chase got two points. Good job. Last week, as in games Four months from ago, like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, next game up, we have RSL hosting Houston. Um, I don't know if this is just Banger a little bit of, of a, a game. <laughs> this is a. I don't know if we're both just kind of a little bitter after the Timbers game, but I'm going. I'm going <laughs> RSL to to beat Houston two one. Only a real MLS sicko is going to watch this over <laughs> the Miami game, unless you're a fan of this. I'm going three 0 RSL. RSL scary, especially at home. I think anybody that knows good soccer and wants to see some teams play good, they're gonna they're Not gonna watch this. They're gonna tune in. No, they're gonna tune in to watch RSL put the beat down. Not Ben Olsen on Houston. No. I, speaking of, I can't wait for RSL against Miami for the what derby? Well, how would you name that derby? I got I already have a name in mind. I have no idea. Javier Morales Darby. That is classy. <laughs> Man left them to go be an assistant coach for Miami. <laughs> you know another weird link? Jason Christ. Remember him? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like an assistant coach at Miami for a bit too. Longtime RSL coach. Man, how much are they paying these guys to leave their head coaching jobs just to go <laughs> sit on the bench while Tata Martino looks at an iPad? <laughs> Gives them all the message. <laughs> You know what's weird is Jason Christ was so good at RSL, considered for the national team, a lot of people thought, left in New York City, failed, went to Orlando <laughs> City, failed, 
went to two cursed clubs and then just is an assistant i think he probably isn't even there anymore i don't know fact check me i'll fact check you start start giving us on the next game here last but not least definitely not least Sporting Kansas City hosting San Jose. I we were picking games and Chase was picking between this and another one. I said we had to do this. This is all the makings for a classic MLS after dark. You've got two original teams, two just very MLS teams. I'm going two nil, Sporting Kansas City, Johnny Russell Banger. Solid, solid prediction. Jason Christ is still an assistant at Miami, actually, by the way crazy so they're just harboring next they're gonna get geo from the timbers and (laughs) start harboring like head coaches from around the league um i'm going with san jose one nil over skc who's scoring you already know don't you dare say he hasn't scored in like 12 weeks you already know christian espinoza okay near post curled finish around the keeper Whoever it is in goal for SKC this week. Kendall. <laughs> this week. <laughs> Kendall McIntosh has been holding it down, man. Good for him. Good for him. I always wish we would have kept him at the Timbers. No, we need Ivicic to get have six him goal. Score a on. touchdown on him. And then just him refuse to talk the whole game. <laughs> Actually, uh, rumor has it, you know, when uh, the Tigres keeper was doing the mime stuff and goal for the penalty shootout he was actually pretending to be Ivasich <laughs> in game <laughs> just a silent goalkeeper it's the weirdest thing ever chase uh, this see chase is a weird fan because <laughs> both diehard timbers fans i would have never noticed this but now that you've said it i can't get it out of my head this is like i have my thing where i just turn into like an infrared cyborg and i notice every detail of a mobby all mistake chase knows for a fact anytime Alias Ivicic saves a goal gets dunked on he just has the same look on his face dude's the terminator he just has no emotion whatsoever i swear like he just like goes in at halftime and they like spray some wd-40 on his joints and like put him back out there which is hilarious because David Bingham, backup goalkeeper, got a red card from the bench, like in the League's <laughs> Cup, showing way more fight, just sprinting off the bench, just looking to hurl punches at somebody. Which I love. I love that so much from a goalkeeper, dude. I feel like that just sets the tone for our team. The and, ghosts of Steve Clark would oh, like man. to speak to you. Dude, he. <laughs> I know you didn't get a chance to really watch the Timbers game yet. He hit a like a 70 yard dime. Onto uh, Brad Smith. Brad Smith's like chest. That was the one I saw. Settled and then went and like curled it from outside the box like a prime Maxi Arudi. That was a <laughs> that was a nice finish, dude. Mascara got exposed, dude. Dude, so did Bravo and Arajo and Zuperich and <laughs> our whole back line. Anyways, anyway, this is talk that we could do off the podcast. We're kind of ranting at this point. Next week. We will have our regular scheduled MLS Netboy Show podcast. It's been kind of a weird month or so since League's Cup. Kind of some different formats, different rundowns for the show. We'll be back like normal. Maybe even with social media. <laughs> Should we save that for the 100 episode special? Maybe, maybe once we get to episode 50. Or once we hit season 2. 
of season two MLS Net Boys show podcast. Shout out to Bosnian Herzegovina. I was looking at the <laughs> I was looking at the map of where our listeners are from. That's pretty cool. We got some good international fans. We might go on tour here one of these days. Belgium. You know that's the first place we're going, right? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Anyways, thank you all for listening. This has been a kind of a wild podcast at the end, but we will see you guys next time. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.